firstly the citizens are not fully aware what to expect from their local government and that also is a twofold thing because local governments for a long time were um were disempowered their responsibilities were usurped by the state government hello guys welcome to the very first episode of conversations with me manuel i'm so glad you're joining us on this very first edition we'll speak with Bradibor rose viver who is an architect writer designer and activist in 2017 he ran for the chairmanship of the Kaja local government under the flag of the Kowa party and in 2019 he ran for senate under the people's democratic party we talk a lot about his experiences and the lessons learned from these two elections. We also talk about the political issues in Nigeria and why youths should get involved in politics. I hope you'll find this conversation thought-provoking. For I mean, those who will be listening probably do not know you, can you just give a brief summary of who you are? Okay. Uh, my name is Badibo Rosvaivo. Um, I am an architect by profession. I am um, from Lagos State. I got involved actively in activism, mainly against genetic modified foods. And it culminated in a 2000-man march that I was part of the leadership to do on the Senate. Um, I think this was around 2014. And in that experience, I felt that politics is too important to leave to just politicians. Because there are a lot of young people, a lot of people that feel that, you know, they're educated, so um, they, they don't, it, governance does not matter to them. Um, they can just work and they'll be able to buy a generator. So if they don't have light, they'll put on their generator. They'll buy a Range Rover. So if they go through portal, their car will carry them and they will go abroad to get education and healthcare. But the problem is that governance will affect you. And I saw that very clearly in the legislature approving um, genetic modified foods coming to the country, into our agriculture, Nobody, you cannot go to the market and say these beans is natural and then these beans is organic, is um, modified. You cannot know. But that's the power that the legislature have to have impact on your life. We have seen recently how different businesses are suffering because of policies that have been passed by the government. You know, so politics will get you. It will get you, no matter how you try and escape, the effects of it will get you. And I came back and decided to run for local government chairman. I did that for Ikeja local government because that's where I've grown up most of my life, aside from when you know, I went abroad for schooling to University of Nottingham and then MIT, and then worked for some time in England before I moved back to Nigeria. But, um, that has always been home for me, Kecha, even though um, my actual ancestral home is Lagos Island. So I ran for local government chairman um, on that core party. Uh, for me, it was very important that 
the things I gained from it was the understanding of grassroots politics, mobilizing on a local level, um, building political structures, you know. And then it came, it made me come to face with the reality of Nigeria, not the idea of Nigeria. The fact that most people that come out on election day are people that are looking to harvest, based on their voters' card, money for that day. And then a lot of educated, enlightened people that will sit down on social media and profess so many solutions to our problems as Nigerians choose to just take that day off, choose to not come out to vote, choose to not care who their local government chairman is or who their councillor is. But these are the people that directly affect your life, your life in your home, the quality of your life in your main local government, the level of security, the level of healthcare. And if you can afford to get um, these services elsewhere from the private sector, it affects the people around you. And the people around you directly affect you. No matter how you want to build a hedge or protect yourself from it, the people around you affect you. If somebody is a thief and he comes and steals your side mirror, he's affecting you. If people are angry when they wake up in the morning and they are having accidents and now you're in traffic for another one hour, it's affecting you. It's affecting the quality of your life. And you see that local governments get billions every year to be able to um, have a service, deliver a service to their constituents. So local governance matters. In fact, it's one of the most important fact, um, layers of government for each citizen. You know, so I ran for that. Um, we came third. Like I said, we built the structures from scratch and everything. And then my experience there um, made me make a decision to go into the PDP, especially in Lagos, because I felt that everything that I cannot stand about Lagos was caused by what we now call the APC. They've been in power for 20 years. They've controlled all the local governance systems. They, they control the government. Most of the senators are from them. PDP has only produced a handful of House of Rep members. Um, there was a time where they had about five or six um, state assembly members, but all of them decamped to APC anyway, even one person. So for most parts, the things that I cannot stand about Lagos have been caused by that party. So it did not make sense for me to go into that party. I would rather be in opposition to it and hopefully build a power structure that can then take the reins of power from them and do things differently. So, yeah. Before we get point. before before we get into why you think the local government has failed, I mean there there are two opposite um, poles that I see. Um, one is people who are completely disinterested in governance. That's yeah. the people, and another where you know you have people who believe that the government has to do every single thing for them, and those are yeah. two extremes. But Okay. You, what do you think should be the primary role of the government, and what should people be, you know, demanding that the government does? Okay, I, I feel that the government's role is to create an enabling environment, an environment that allows the citizen to prosper. They are supposed to take responsibility for things that individuals cannot take responsibility for in exchange to us being civil, in exchange to us obeying laws, in exchange to us paying our taxes, 
they take responsibility to ensure that the common good is created and met. So that's my idea of local of, of governance. Governance should be people sitting down somewhere and deciding that this is the environment that will allow the citizen achieve his or her peak potential. This means security. It means a healthy quality of life. It means good roads. It means efficient an efficient life. Sitting down in traffic for four or five hours every day is not efficient. It's, it's, it's completely unacceptable. You know, having polluted, dirty environments that lead to people having typhoid and malaria and being sick for so many times in a year is not efficient, it's not acceptable. You see? So the government is supposed to create a situation where people can achieve their maximum potential. So during your experience of running, I believe you ran for the local government. And incidentally, I was actually in Kedja during that period. Okay. But, but I couldn't I couldn't vote because I, I'm not you know registered in Lagos. And that's part of the, okay. the problem with Nigeria that even if you've lived in a place for two years, as long as, long as you're not registered there, you can vote. Yeah. But, yeah. What was your experience? I mean, what, what do you think is the failure of the local government? Because I believe that it's like they're actually the president, the governor that the people see in that sense, but they have yeah. not been quite efficient. So what, what were the, um, the things that you saw that for you, actually why you believe the local government has failed? Okay, why I believe local government has failed. Exactly. Um, I think that firstly, the citizens are not fully aware what to expect from their local government. And that also is a twofold thing. Because local governments for a long time were, um, were disempowered. Their responsibilities were usurped by the state government in a bid to keep most of the money that comes to that tier of government to themselves. So a situation of greed where the governor and the power hegemony that did not want that money to go down, wanted to be in control of that money, took responsibilities that were supposed to be the strict purview of local government. So, for instance, a local government is supposed to be responsible for any signage and advertorials that happen in their jurisdiction. It's a way for them to get money. But you see, in Lagos, it's been hijacked by the state government. The local government is supposed to be in charge of sanitation, in its local government. It's supposed to be in charge of that whole system. So monies that are paid are paid to local governments. The way of it's generating income and its way of itself sustaining itself. But all of that was usurped by the state government. And then you find a situation where they put people in power, caretaker committees for a long time. And these people are not supposed, these people are not doing anything, right? They're just there as um minor job contractors. So they are there, they are part of the party, so it's a way of rewarding them, you know, it's patronage for the party, and they do little, little jobs, and they share little, little money, and that's it. So the citizens grew not to expect anything from them, and just focused on where the money was stopping, which is the state government. So unfortunately, that seems to be changing now, and it says that funds are now going directly to local governments. And secondly, people are starting to get some kind of information and knowledge that to know that, you know, people responsible for these things are 
your local government chairman, your councillors. And the more people know, the more they can demand. Now, based on that demand, it will now affect how much, how many people turn out for elections. Because if you are a party and you are looking and you are seeing that, okay, during the state government election, 10,000 people come out. But during local government elections, 700 people come out. You can never really be bothered by those 700 people. Their opinion does not matter. But if during state government elections, 10,000 people come out, and during local government elections, 7,000 people come out, then it's now a serious thing. And when it's a serious thing, the party now has to decide who they are going to present. Because now it matters. Who they present matters. Is the person smart? Is the person intelligent? Can the person handle a debate? Does the person have a vision? Does the person have a plan? What are his ideas? You know? But because that is not the case, you have 300, 400 people coming out. The party does not really take the people seriously. It's just the local government is just an extension of the party. And then for the fact that INEC is not conducting elections, it's a state government that conducts the elections as well. A lot of people feel that, you know what, the winner has already been pre-decided, so there's no point even getting involved. But did you have that feeling when you were running that the winner was um, pre-decided? I, 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 I ran based on one thing. Okay. I believe that any election anywhere in this country, if people come out in mass and mobilize and come out in mass with a purpose, that election cannot be rigged. The worst they can do is do a June 12 and cancel the election. But that election cannot be rigged. In places where they do inconclusive elections, you see that the margins were small, the margins were small. Because I've been in two elections now. Yeah. And the last election I ran was Senate that covered 10 local governments. So I can speak from experience from 10 local governments. I saw a place where PDP, where we beat APC by 15,000 votes. And despite all they tried to do to rig it, it was not possible. Because the numbers were too much. No matter how you want to alter numbers and change numbers, it's too much. It's too overwhelming. But when your margin is 100, 1,000, 700, then anything can be changed. By the time you change 110, 10 to 100, you know you've already, you've just added one zero and you've made a huge difference, right? Yeah. So um, I, 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 I feel that I, I focus on getting people to come out, on getting people to get interested in local government elections. Because I looked at the numbers and I said, you know, it's just because people don't even bother campaigning. They just believe they are going to win. So they never try, they never bother, they barely even post posters. It's just because we started coming out and then, you know, who started taking it a bit seriously? Because we took it seriously. But I, I feel that I ran based on an idea that if I spend enough time talking to people, create enough publicity, create enough awareness, a lot of people come out on that day and no matter how they want to try to rake, it's going to become difficult for them. Now, to be fair, coming third is a big deal because before we started doing anything in Koa Party in Ikeja, nobody really knew Koa Party in Ikeja. I speak for Ikeja, I cannot speak for Nigeria or Lagos as a whole, right? And I know the impact we had. To come third means that we beat the APGAS, the, the AD, the, all the other parties that have been more established and have been in the game far more than us. 
So the fact that people were able to believe and come out and vote and we came third, PDP, APC, PDP, COA, that's a very big deal. But I feel that, you know, it's still, it was still, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the minds of the citizens, you know, to, to stand up and rise up to their responsibility. So how, how do you intend doing that, especially with you know, your message? As I said, I was in a cage during that period. I listened to you a lot. I followed you. And I mean, lots of interviews it had, even uh, with Jimmy Disu and a couple of others. And I, I believe your message was unique. So what was that message? And you think, do you think that more and more people are coming to embrace that? Oh, my message was just about, you know what, let's, let's get a local government that works. Let, let's put, let's put, let's, let's, let's care. Let's be bothered. Let's demand more. Let's get involved. Politics is too important to just leave to politicians. That, that was my message. And in saying that, I put out, I laid out a vision for Ikeja, for Anifo Oshie, for uh, Alausa, for the youths, for the elderly. There was, it was a vision for everybody. And the idea that, yes, you need people to be at loggerheads with the state government because then it will no longer be business as usual. But if everybody in every local government is just a yes man and they're just going to accept and perpetuate this mediocrity, we are not going to move forward. You need people that can say, no, I want my allocation. They can go public with it. They can march on Alausa. They can lead their whole local government to march on Alausa and protest and say, we want our allocation. This is what we want to do with it. And by the time you start having fights like that, they are, you cannot be prone to corruption because now everybody is looking at you. So it now allows for transparency, allows for accountability. It allows for you to say, look at my hand. I got 10 naira and I use this 10 naira to do this, right? And then in doing that, you now start putting other local governors other local local government chairmen on their toes. Because now there is the whole thing of competition. There is the look at what they are doing in Nikeja, what is wrong with you? And that then creates a ripple effect that can allow for progress at that level, you know? So that was what I was pushing for more than anything. I, I feel that, you know, there, there is it's a very confusing feeling for me in that Nigerians are getting a lot of nonsense. For all the money that this, this country discovered oil the same time as the United Arab Emirates. And when you go to Dubai, you see what these people have done with the revenue. Not just what they've done, what they've invested in for their future generations. Right? These people have, they have such vision that they are able to convert deserts that normally will be a negative thing, a liability, into a situation where Nigerians that hide from sun in Lagos are flying to go and play in sand and sun in the Emirates. That is vision. It is vision. But we, we are so docile, and we've accepted so much nonsense, and we, we, we make jokes about it. You know, we, we, we laugh it off. We have skits on Instagram, on Facebook. We laugh. We make jokes. And it's time that we get serious. That's it. Like, we need to get serious. We need to say enough is enough. Like, 
This is what we expect. This is what we want. And we cannot get tired. We have to be persistent. If you vote someone and you don't like him, you vote him out the next time. You come out again until you get it right. And that's what that's what Nigerians don't understand. They all want to go and become American citizens. They want to have their children in America. They want to go to England. They want to go to Canada. But these citizens fought for what they have. It was not just given to them. The value, the, the way America respects the citizen is because of the role that the citizen has played throughout its history. That's why when an American citizen, there might just be five American citizens in a state that is being bombed, they will go there and evacuate that citizen. It's not because that citizen is, is, is just blessed. It's because of the role of the citizen in its history. The citizen doesn't just keep quiet and sit down and just take nonsense. The citizen fights. The citizen leads revolts. The citizen holds politicians accountable. The citizen comes out to vote. The citizen is not asking politicians to give me $501 to vote. The citizen is voting. Even in poor areas. There was a time where America went through the Great Depression. They were not always rich. Even poor. All those pilgrims that came, it's poverty and then they built. Everybody started from somewhere, right? But Nigerians, I feel, because people, yes, there are people that come out to vote. Don't get me wrong. It's not every Nigerian that is like this. I'm talking about the majority. Because what we have now is a reflection of the majority, not the minority. There are people that come out and vote every time. There are people that are active in politics. You are saying that you wanted to register. That means you had the desire to vote. I'm not talking about those people. So let's not get it wrong. I'm not, I'm not generalizing. But I'm saying that our situation as a people is a reflection of the majority. So if there are 20 million people in a state and there are apparently 6 million people registered to vote, but only 1 million people come out to vote, there is a problem. The majority stayed at home. That's five million. So let us say corruption, people are registered, but they don't have their cards. So let's say half of those people don't really exist. So that's three million. I mean, out of three million, two million people decided to stay at home. That's 60%. That's the majority. So as a people, we need to aspire for more. We need to decide that, you know what, we want a better quality, better standards. And we need to take politicians and politicians seriously and put them in their place every four years. And if we get a culture like that, then you start to get politicians that come and mean business because they want to come back. They know that if they don't deliver, they'll be voted out. And that makes a whole world of difference. You know? So that's how I see it. So a couple of questions before we're done. Just, I, I, I just want to um, look briefly at you moving to the Senate and from COA to PDP. Um, why did you take that leap from COA to PDP and ultimately why did you move from the local government to, to running for Senate? Okay. Um, my, my, I feel that a political, it is very difficult to run a political party outside the two main parties. Right. Not just, first of all, it's also difficult to build a political structure and campaign at the same time. These things are very, very cost 
draining things expensive wise and also you find that there are people nigerians really just see nigeria as two parties they are used to it because all these parties evolve from another party upn npn acn everything it's still the same two parties it's just they've gone by another name but you still see the same political gladiators or they were linked to somebody you know the hardware machinery mm -hmm. that is still running the Awolo machinery that is still running is just with another name, with another face, but it's still the same thing. Sorry for cutting you. Do you see that as a problem or as a good thing? As the two, as a kind of a thing. I, I don't, I, I don't really see that as a negative thing. I feel that if more people came out to vote, more people paid attention to politics, they will, another party will come out and win. It, it still comes down to the people. If more people said, you know what, I like this person, I like his vision. Okay, he's running with ZLP party. No problem. I'll support him. I don't care. But a lot of people just tell you, hey, he's not going to win, so they're not going to bother to come out of it. But you don't know that, even if that guy did not win, the fact that he got 10 votes will make him likely to come out again. But if my guy did not get any votes, he will just know that he should not even be in that party in the first place. And he should be with a major party or... You know, he'll just, he'll see things differently, you know. So, and people, people are not running for their health. You know, politics is very draining financially. It's very draining time-wise. It, it takes attention, your attention away from your business. takes attention away from your relationships, from your, if you're married, if you're, you know, it, it's very, very intense. It's, it's like a very demanding first wife, pretty much. So, and you want to win. So it's not like you can choose to ignore her. You want to win. So you are going to spend as much time and energy with her as possible. But there's a lot of other parts of your life suffer. So it's not something you do not to win. Right? Mm -hmm. So so those, those, those are things that sort of guide one's decision making. Because you can only make a difference when you get into position. How are you able to hold that balance? The, you know, political demanding and, you know, having a family and business and all that. Um, it's not easy. I, I cannot even tell you that I held the balance. I just did my best. The idea is that you politic for like six months and, you know, after that you try and get your life back to normal again. But I think also there are experiences. So the more you experience, the better you get at it, yeah. right? So now you have, one has a space of three, four years if I'm going to run again. So in this time, you, you as a politician, you'll be building structures knowing that a time is going to come where you're going to need to delegate a lot of things. A time is going to come where you're going to need to be able to be efficient with your time. So in all of that, because you've now experienced what it takes, in these periods, you build those things so that um, when election season comes, you will not have a negative experience as you did the previous time. So you should always aspire to be better at balancing your life out and things like that. All right, so going back to the second question I did ask, why did you move from, you know, focusing on the local government to wanting to get into okay, uh, the legislative? The first, thing, the first thing was, as long as La Siec is going to cut, because there's a lot of fraud there. So I mean, what's La Siec? the Lagos State's um, Independent Electoral Commission, okay. right? All right, all right, all right. Yeah. So, or any state... Um, state electoral thing 
Yeah. I remember, you know, I knew that there was something wrong when we went to go and do our, um, there's something that the, the word will come, where they, all the candidates go to the office and they, they, they do a validation of who they are mm -hmm. and then they approve them to run. And the day I was there, there were buses that came. I, I took a picture, I believe. There were buses that came to move election materials. And these buses had APC flag flying in them. So already I just knew that this is a mess. This is a mess. This is a complete mess. Because I was standing there and I saw there were three, four buses. APC flags were flying in the buses that were using to move campaign materials. So, wow. It's not, it's, there was no even... Sorry, not campaign materials, election materials. Election materials, sorry, you're right. Election materials. Election materials. Yeah. So there was no even attempt to hide anything. And you also cannot, you can also see why it would be like that. Because for 20 years, they've been doing the same thing. This is two decades. To me, when they first started, there was a need or a desire to sort of hide and show some kind of neutrality. But this is this is going on 20 years. So they just assume that, you know, everything is going to go as planned and everything will go as normal. So, yeah. So that was one. So even though INEC is not perfect, at least we don't see things like that, at least on the surface. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I felt that, you know, with the Not Too Young to Run push, my love for activism, that I will do well in the Senate, you know, and the party also embraced me and encouraged me to run for it as well. And I did, and I got the ticket, and it was a good race. I mean, we had, when you count all the votes that were cancelled and everything, do some 300,000 votes, you know, which was a very good showing. After um, the presidential candidate, we had the highest number of votes. So it was a good showing. It learned a lot from the experience. And I'm very grateful to my party for embracing me because at the time when I was running, I was just 35. So I'm very grateful for my party to entrust me with that kind of responsibility and to encourage and support our campaign. And especially the political structures at the grassroots that did so much, so much, in despite the rigging, despite violence. I'm sure you saw what happened in Oshodi or Kota where thugs came out and were burning people. Yes, you know, in all PDP strongholds, like Jeremy Feludu, you know, um, Oshodi, Ojo, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of manipulation and just, just irresponsible use of power, you know. For, for me, don't you see that as, you know, the discouraging part where you have people who do want to come and vote? But you still have a system that is working against, you know, they exercising their electoral rights. We cannot do away with the fact that these things are real in a sense, and they are part of the things that discourage people from coming out to to vote. I completely agree with you. Yes. Well, you see, this is the thing. Yeah. When something is serious, right? When something matters, right? You have to do what it takes. In Oyo State, by the time they saw the amount of people that came out to vote, there was only so much that they could do. The people stood their ground as well. Right? You see, we want good. 
we want Nigeria to be great, but we are not willing to. I'm not saying die. I'm saying, you see, the way human beings are politicians' eyes, you know, you can see the signs. You know when something is a lost cause. You know when there's a chance to change it by rigging. Right? If an overwhelming number of people come out and they stand by that place, how many people are you going to hit? Right? You know, so it still comes down to numbers. In Oyo State in Badon, the people had determined that Ajimobi is not coming back. His candidate is not coming. He is not going to the Senate. You see, in some places, they voted for APC to go to the House of Rep. Even in some places, they voted for Senate. But you see, governorship election, the people decided. So there was nothing Ajimobi could do. Who passed a referendum on him? You see the same thing that happened in Kwara State. Right? You see the same thing happened in Kwara State. The Saraki dynasty is not one to belittle. Saraki himself is one of the most intelligent politicians in that generation. But you see what happened. The people decided. It's not about the politician. Yes, politicians can you know, have their own people there to beef up security in certain places and things like that. But the truth of the matter is that when a majority come out and make a stand, like for instance, we look at Lagos, one million people came out to vote. If two million people came out and 1.5 million people said they want something different in Lagos State or they want a different president, they're tired of Buhari. The amount, the nonsense that was done could not have been done. The sheer volume of people outside is enough, is a, is, is a deterrent, is enough of a deterrent for people to just say, there's nothing we can do here. There's nothing. You know? But at the same time, I also have to say that um, politicians still play a part in making sure that certain places that they know or have information might be attacked, they can also put structures in place to prevent that from happening. Right? But then you think about it, there are almost how many ballot boxes? Four or five thousand ballot boxes. How do you know where we attacked? You Maybe you say, okay, last election, they attacked here, so we'll have security here. But it's, it's, it's random. The idea is if everybody comes out, even if they mess up one polling unit or two polling units or ten polling units, the overwhelming majority will still be a call for change and better governance. I see a lot of problem in it, but part of it is, you know, the fact that we barely know what any of our political parties stand for. I mean, ideologically speaking, I mean, that's just a fact. And we see that at every election time, you know, when there is mass um, movements from one political party to another, it's probably because they see that, you know, the people are, tilting towards this particular party or, you know, someone has gotten hold of this particular party. Take, for instance, in Imo State, you know, after the whole Supreme Court debacle, I mean, quote unquote, that's my candid opinion about it. You saw a lot of PDP members moving to APC. You know, that, that, that movement, I mean, it's all about where I can get my desires, in a sense, satisfied. So don't you see that even the politicians, in a sense, are part of the problem? The reason why we do not have the strong structures at places because, you know, 
we've refused to put them in place and partly because no one knows what anyone stands for. Um, I, I don't agree with that. I think that there are different stages to political development. There are different stages to um, defining what is important and what people stand for. If you look back at the time of the Awola Wars and the Azikiwis, there was significant ideology. Their, 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 their politics was very issue-based, very issue-driven because they were, they were going up against the British Empire. Right? Yeah. They were going up against the British Empire and the British Empire was not just doing gra-gra. Hey, me. I can dance on a stage. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cool politician. I, I, I might not have passed in school or I might be a former drug dealer, but it doesn't matter. I have money to share. It was not that. It was ideology of freedom, of the right to self-determination, of indigenous rights. Even if you are a Jai Jai person, you have to be able to articulate your argument. So you see that reflected in the caliber of men that were contesting for office. Because if you were a riffraff and you could not articulate your ideas, you had no seat on the table. So you had situations where kings or bars, because they did not have a command of English or could not articulate themselves properly, left the political machinery to the Herbert Macaulay's of the world. And he then went to fight for indigenous rights. I was fighting the British on behalf of the citizens of Lagos and protesting and, leaving, and leading civil rebellion, right? But then after democracy, you found a situation where the army took charge, our morality and our values were completely destroyed because of the poverty in the land. And then you had a situation of a lot of drug dealers, a lot of 419ers getting into politics because for a long time, parents, churches, institutions associated politics with negativity with bad people. Bad people were the ones that did politics. If you are good, you do not have any business in politics. So you now had a situation where the bad people now define what it means to be a politician. So the gentleman, the intelligent intellectual was now seen as Alakowi, the person that has no business in politics. It's not natural to him. To be a politician, you have to be able to go and dance and shake and insult your opponent. You are not talking about issues because Nigerians don't want to hear about issues. That's where we got to. So you find, me, I'm telling you now, I, I went to MIT. At the time I was at MIT, it was the best school in the world. I, I think of myself as relatively intelligent and I like to solve big issues. So when I'm looking, I, I want to present myself, I'm issue-driven. But when I'm going around, my party people are telling me, I don't blow too much grammar. Don't talk too much issue. Just say this, just say this, just say this, and go. A politician wants to win, so he will do what the people want. But if do you, sorry, do you at least agree that most of our politics is not issue-based? I'm just saying why it is not issue-based. Yeah. It's enough to say that this is a problem. You 
understand why this problem exists. Mm -hmm. For you to now be able to say, this is the solution to this problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You need to. Fusher Williams was regarded as Omolua Bieko, mm. but he was very intellectual. Yeah. Even the time of all the Afenifere, Nadeko, because they were fighting the military, they were articulating ideas. It was issue-based. But once they took over, it became different. It became about who, how, how much money you can share, how many thugs do you have, um, how you can dance on stage, how many jokes you can crack, how you go to party, how you can shoot gun. Because they cannot win a primary. And then you now have created a system like that. You have voters that don't really care about it, right? Because the politicians come out from the city. Politicians are put in place from the grassroots. Yeah. When the people, it starts at the word. At your word, what are those people in your party? What are they clapping for? What is it that they feel is the person that they want to project forward? Then it goes to local government. Then goes to central district. Then goes to the entire state. First, in the party, the bullets of the world, they sit down and they say, "This is the person we want." Right? You find that there are some people who like the level of ideology in that, but it's not ideology per se, because Nigeria is still at such a base level of development. You, you, are, you are very well got. You need to lay a foundation to put ideology on top of it. You are still in a situation where a lot of people don't have um, possible water. In a situation where a lot of people don't have light. A situation where people are poor, where your the currency, your currency has value, right? You you don't produce anything as a nation. You are you are mainly ex, you are mainly import dependent. The 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 unemployment is at an all time high. These are not things that ideology comes on top. So you find a lot of people talk solutions. When we come, we will solve this problem. When we come, we will give children. Uh, food in school so that they will come to school. When we come, we'll, we'll bring down the value of dollar. Those are people coming to tackle um, problems. And it's when a society has tackled some of the basic problems that it faces that people can now start to hold on to ideology and say, based on this ideology, I must be in this part, right? And we always quickly want to be like England and America and pray and face democracy from them. You know, but we don't really understand understand democracy. We don't as a nation. We are used to being ruled by kings. So you see that even the politicians, not servant leaders, they are king leaders. They are kings. You see the way he talks to his people. These the people are not looking for servant leaders. They're looking for who will give them money. They're looking for who will solve their problems by himself, without being in a position of power, not through policy, but by putting his hand in his pocket or making a call, he will solve their problem. That is king-like. That is king. And that's the person that will win the election. So you cannot now expect that person to get in position and then be accountable to you, to the people. Why? When we are pointing one finger at politicians, we need to point four fingers at ourselves. When you look at American election, Biden, even Donald Trump, that they say is a billionaire, see how much the citizens donated to his campaign. A billionaire will go and boast that I had 100,000 donations of $50 each. 
he's boasting, he's bragging because you know what? He's accountable to the citizen, to the people. And it goes back to what I said about the value of the citizen. Do you understand? You see Bernie Sanders in the last election was saying that he got 100000 I think, $7 or $10 each. And this amounts to millions of dollars. He's not using his money. He's not using his money to buy books. Change that transformer. He's not doing that. So we, the people, when we complain, politicians don't have ideology. Politicians don't. What are we demanding of this? We cannot be looking for a king, then vote a king in and expect to be accountable to you. He has solved all your problems. He has done what he's responsible for. Now he's looking for how to recoup those billions he spent on election. Right? So as a, as a people, we cannot eat our teeth and have it. You know, we need to be honest with ourselves. If all the people that have jobs, that can feed themselves, that are not hungry, that can afford to come out to vote and not ask for 500 now or 1,000 now, on election day, they stay at home. What perception are they creating for the political class? If a politician looks and says, that polling unit, I spent 200,000 there, but I got votes worth 1 million. That means that I do not buy those votes. You start to take the citizens more seriously and know that you're accountable to these people. That is not by your power that you got into this position. And people put you there. So you're accountable to them and you have to deliver for them, as opposed to looking for how you do this project to siphon this money to your pocket, how you steal uh, this money, how you give this contract to um, give for political patronage to people. I mean, if you look around Nigeria and see the amount of abandoned projects in this country, started by the government, you What are you, you know, about now politically? Are you just for now, taking a break, or are you still active, um, even though there are no elections for the next two, three years? I'm in PDC. We're building a structure trying to be a voice of opposition in the state. We are analyzing policies. We are calling the government and we are also training the people here to decide to get involved. So we are working in this couple of years to try and create awareness, get people to start to understand how important politics is, come out and vote, get involved, register and join the political party at the grassroots level. Because it's at that level that you are going to decide who will run for councillor, who will run for local government chairman, who will run for state assembly. House of Rep, Governor, President. Get involved. If more voices are in a political gathering and those voices are saying, what is your vision? What is your plan? What is your ideology? What do you stand for? More politicians will come up that have those values and those thoughts and those ideas. That's it. And that's what we're for. So you're still looking to running for office one uh, again oh, by run in 2023 okay all right so do you have any message you want to pass across anything you think i should have asked like i didn't anything you just want to say 
politics, governance will get you. You cannot run away from it. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't, if it does not get you when you're a young man, it'll get you when you're a father or you're a mother. It will get your children the quality of education they get. It will get your ability to get a visa because of how your country is seen on the global stage. It will affect the quality of healthcare you get. God forbid you're in an accident and you need to be rushed for emergency care. Right? It will get the way your country handles a pandemic. If you do not have visionary leaders, your leaders are not held to a higher standard, you will be affected. No matter how you try to protect yourself from it, you will be affected. You know, and we don't want to get to a situation where the poverty becomes so much, there's so much unemployment, there's so much crime that people now, it now turns into civil unrest, which then leads to a war. And then we'll be in a big problem. Because you have so many youth that are coming out, they don't have anything to do, no jobs. Because a conducive environment has not been created by the government. Instead, they are taxing, you know, so you need to get involved, join aware, you know, the energy that our generation of this is, or a quarter of it into politics. Find out where people are having meetings, go there, have conversations, join in. Even if it's once a month, twice a month, these things have ripple effects if a lot of people do this over the entire state, over the entire country. So yes, please get involved and understand that it's your time now. And if you miss this opportunity and have people that are quarter into their grave making decisions for us, borrowing money that we will have to pay, we feel that we are not paying it, but we are. Money that could have been spent on healthcare is being used to service debts. Money that could have spent on education is being used to service debts. Money that could have spent on security, money that could have been spent on roads, capital projects is being used to service debts. So we are the ones that are going to suffer for it long after these people are dead and gone. So we need to get involved and we need to hold our leaders to a higher standard. Thank you so much, Mariba, for Thank this. You. I really, really appreciate your time and have Godspeed. Hopefully some, someday we'll be able to meet him in person and speak more. Thank you so much. No problem. It was good to be here. Good Same questions thing. as well. Thank, thanks a lot. Okay. You take care. All right.